You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, welcome to the latest Utubia. It's Utubia Terrier. They were singing it, Dave, I noticed the other day. They've been singing it at recent games. I think we've got a lot of podcast fans in the John Smith Stadium. Well, that's the only reason why they'd be singing it, surely. Yeah, exactly. So, good to see. So, we're coming off the back of two draws. Uh, one against Blackburn, one against Middlesbrough. Neither performance especially fantastic, Dave. What do you think of those two points in the two games? Um, I think come... The end of the season shake-up, I think it may prove to be two decent points for different reasons, really. Blackburn, to use a cliche, tough place to go. <laughs> um, and the sort of circumstances, it's that's the draw that you've come away from feeling that it's more of a win. Yeah. Um, the Borough game, I think there are circumstances around it. We've, we've This stomach bug that has sort of gone through the squad that... Literally. Yeah, that the town have been wanting to sort of not make too much of it or play down. It was fairly evident there were a few that had suffered, I think, against Borough. There was, the end of the game, there was a lot of players there who uh, just had nothing left to give. Uh, when the board went up for six minutes, added on, <laughs> I was actually looking and there was a couple of players who were literally like, oh. <laughs> and to sort of grind out and get the nil-nil in that game, I think... Yeah, it didn't impress anybody, it didn't get anybody off the seats, but longer term it may turn out not to be a bad result, really. I think particularly the the Blackburn point as well, it's the first time they've come from behind and got anything out of the game all season. Um, And as you say, the Borough game, you feel like that's a game, to be honest, even Cowley came out after the game and said they should have lost that. There Mm -hmm. were three chances that Borough had from set pieces that they somehow didn't put in the net. Yeah, Woodgate in the press conference as well after was fairly blunt about it as well. And yeah. he, you know, he feels it's going to turn for them at some point. But the header in the first half, I mean, putting Simpson on Ayala, I think, was a, a strange decision because, you know, there's a centre half who I don't know how many scored in the in the championship last year, but I think it was certainly six or seven mm. from it, those exact situations. Simpson's not great in the air because he. That's not his job. No. So I think you probably should have gone, you know, maybe Chalabar or one of the centre-halves against Ayala. I think part of the problem probably is that they had the three centre-halves mm. on the pitch and Town have obviously only had the two. But Yeah, I, I think what I felt was quite interesting about the Borough game, more so than the Blackburn game. The Blackburn game, Blackburn set out to do what they do and to try and win the game. Borough, interestingly, and this is a marker of how far Town had come, they had a quite a distinct tactical plan to counter town so they put both their strikers took it in turns basically to close Schindler down so he didn't have that big diagonal out which town had been working on they always made sure that Johnson and I forget who it was on the other side were goal goal side the minute town got possession to stop Diakabi and Kachunga having any space 
and those three centre halves they were quite happy for to to give town the ball in certain areas because you know you can float balls into that box all day long and one or the other is quite happy to nod it out so again I think it, taking the positives from it it's nice to see that town are back in a position where teams are actually planning for them and saying right this is where they're dangerous mm. because for too long it's been more of a case of we'll just do what we'll do and we'll find a way to win against town so but the Blackburn game I think going back to that was I I, I came out of that it, it felt morally like more of a victory, as I said, yeah. coming from behind. But not only that, that second half performance, they were good. Yeah, they, they were. were really, really good. And it would have been no uh, miscarriage of justice if they'd got the winner, actually, in truth. Yeah. So the Borough game, as we said, I think that was a game that the the injuries really... <laughs> and the illness, yeah. yeah. I mean, the... Carl and Grant, after the uh, Blackburn game, uh, Cowley said Grant had done incredibly well to, to even play in that game, yeah. um, which is why he got taken off. And uh, Dia Carby basically hadn't trained yeah. either before the Blackburn game or before the Borough game. Yeah. Um, so again, two players who did well to play. Doesn't terribly speak highly to some of the alternatives that they have. That, no. That they... No chose that they felt like they had to play them anyway. Obviously, Camille Grabara didn't make it, and, and Ryan Schofield came in and did did a decent job against uh, against Borough on his on his debut. He made one save in particular that probably yeah. cancelled out the flap that he made from one of the early yeah. set pieces. He went for a punch, completely missed it, and Ayala should have scored. It was it, Woodgate basically all but came out and said, mm. bloody Ayala. <laughs> yeah. the game. He, was, he did, yeah. He, he, he really did. laid into him. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was... It's, we've talked about the, the squad depth, but I think in the forward line in particular, mm. there seems to be a lack of faith in any of the alternatives other than sort of Kachunga, Diakarpi, yeah. Grant and Campbell. You know, Isaac and Benza didn't get on no. um, in, in in the Borough game and, and Steve Mounier has been on the bench both games and not made it onto the pitch. Yeah, I think um, but Benza is an interesting one because the problem with Benza is that like Kachunga and Diakarbi, when they've been there, when Grant has played wide, they've all shown something. And Benza, I think genuinely we can sit here and say he's yet to, to show much, you know. Um, and I, I think having watched him last season and knowing a bit about him, there's an immense amount of talent there, but it's just not working, it's just not coming. And I don't know if it's something personal, whether it's the system or what, but he's becoming a bit of a conundrum because there's £11 million worth of footballer there mm. that town aren't employing to any degree whatsoever. I understand it with Mounier because Danny Cowley said it in that press conference we were in, that the, the problem with Mounier in it, if they play Mounier, they have to play a completely different way. Yeah. So that means basically altering everything from the midfield forward. Now, there may be games where that's called for, and it may turn out to be quite a viable plan B longer term. But you do wonder with Mbenza that he doesn't seem to be plan A, and he doesn't seem to be plan B either. Yeah. So how far down the list is he at this point? When they the, the lineups have been pretty consistent the last few games down to, and include I include the bench in that. Um, and Blackburn when when Alex Pritchard was back on the bench for that game mm. he didn't make it onto the pitch. Um, but when it, it was Mbenza that was dropped 
off out of the matchday squad yeah. to, to accommodate Pritchard on the bench, which again is uh, doesn't speak highly of, of a player that they spent, as you say, mm. reportedly something in the region of eleven million pounds on in the summer. Um, I mean, Kelly has acknowledged that they're trying to get his head right. They said that he's he's too hard on himself, and I, mm. you know it's a it's an issue I've had before, so I sympathise with that if if that is the case um, when you sort of you end up in a bit of a spiral because you feel mm. like nothing you're doing is is right and it sounds like from what Cali said that Mbenza might be in, in yeah. that kind of spiral. I mean we talked about his body language before mm. you know when coming on and he doesn't look like he's ready and he's you know adjusting this that and the other and it, I don't know there's there's an issue there yeah there's an issue there be, and I think town need to work to try and solve it because He's a good player. <laughs> yeah, I know there'll be lots of fans listening to this going, I've never seen it. He's, he's become, he's had a slight hadajanaying <laughs> from in various quarters of the town support. But there is a talent there. So I think the flip side to that is that, again, I thought Dear Carby is, is showing things that prove he's the one that can do anything you want in that team. He can't do it consistently yet, over 90 minutes. Mm. But in the championship, where you need a player to make a difference in tight games, he's suddenly looking like one who, yeah, you know, might be a real creative option. He seems to be more confident. He seems to be taking his man on much, much better. He's not just running into brick walls mm. all the time. So, yeah, it, it just feels like Mbenz is suddenly a fair way back from the squad because the other thing I thought was notable against Middlesbrough is Kachunga, he, he may not be, you know, the most naturally gifted footballer in the world, but his his running was outstanding against Borough. He's, yeah. He stuck to his task and he it's not spectacular, it's not showy, but he just gets a job done for his manager. He, he basically shuts a flank down for yeah. his manager. Carly said he is a manager's player. Yeah. It's what we talked about last week, mm. that Dirk Cowart, Park G song. Yeah, type type role on the wing. Particularly if you've got Grant and Diakabi there, mm. who are, you know, that they they will pitch in. But I think if you're not playing Campbell in that central role, yeah, then your other one in the three kind of does have mm. to be Kachunga because Campbell puts in those hard yards and drops deep and, and presses from the front. Diakabi and Grant not so good at that, and yeah. that's what Kachunga brings you. Yeah, and the <laughs> the thing is though, I wouldn't start him. <laughs> yeah, against Barnsley because. As good as he's been, like that Barnsley game, particularly after two draws, I think that's a game that Town really have to go for. So I'd like to see that Grant Campbell, Dear Carby front three again, because, yeah. you know, really stretch him and push him. Because they're up against a three-man defence again, more than likely, yeah. when they play Barnsley. And the thing about playing a, a central three is you've got to use the spaces wide really well. It's not just about bombing crosses in. Mm. It's about trying to pull the defenders left and right, you know, trying to shuffle them over as a unit to provide space on the other side. So I I, I think Grant and Dear Carby will stretch them far more than Kachunga would. Yeah. But at the same time, you look at the job he's doing, you do lose that element on that side. You yeah. know, he, is, he, is, he, he has been doing really, really well. But it's worth picking out a few players who I think are, are playing really, really well. And I mean, Jaden Brown yeah. looks every inch the left back for the next 25 games, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's been excellent. We got a chance to speak to him last week as well, um, or earlier this week, I should say. And uh, he, he could not have 
sort of wanted to be away from the spotlight more. <laughs> um, it's the first time he'd done media duties, bless him. And uh, yeah, he uh, he didn't exactly relish it. I think he is just he's a player who wants to get in and do his job, and yeah. and he's very driven. He had a loan last year at Exeter um, where he actually only played one game. I think. My understanding is what happened is he, they brought him in because their left back got injured, mm. so they went for him. And while they were waiting for him, they played I think a centre back at left back, and he was brilliant. And they couldn't drop him. Mm. I think that I understand that's what happened. So he actually didn't end up playing. So he'd only played one senior game before this season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Reece come in, and I think that when we do like we always do the team selector where the fans can pick the team. And he's been getting, he's been up there with like Danny mm. Simpson and Carline Grant and Camille Grabara. He's getting like ninety-seven percent of the vote. Yeah. See, the the thing is, I, I like I said on this podcast a few weeks ago. I think, and I had a little debate with someone on Twitter about it. But I think it's such a specialist position. Player specialists don't play Congolo there. Yeah. And uh, you know, when Congolo's fit again, I can't see him shifting Brown because. Yeah. He, he needs like like a lot of the players have been doing this week. <laughs> Sounds a bit mucky. Um, but you, he needs to work going forward a little bit. You know, he his his crossing's not great, um, but he keeps com- propping up in really good positions. And defensively, he's just really sound. Yeah. So you know, I think he's doing really really well. I think the defence as a unit is obviously doing yeah, much better. Yeah, there's so much more balance now. Simpson, Brown, and then mm. Schindler and Elphick. We should probably... Do you want to continue to talk about them as a unit before we start talking about Tommy Elphick again, Dave? No, I want to talk about Tommy Elphick. <laughs> Man, captain, leader, legend. I, I, I know what you're going to say, and I think it, it actually does kind of cover the two things, actually, which is both him and the defensive unit, because he, he gave the ball away against Blackburn, mm. which led to... The, the the first Blackburn goal equaliser and the there's real deja vu there was real deja vu <laughs> there was real deja vu uh, against Middlesbrough late on when he gave it away again yeah um, how do you see those mistakes because the fans he's become a bit of a he was just beginning to turn the corner on the fans they yeah. were just beginning to he was sort of you know okay he made that mistake against Derby mm. but you know okay, we're starting to trust him, and then he goes and makes those two mistakes and yeah. they're suddenly on his back again. I think the thing you have to take into account here is something we talked a little bit in depth about on the last podcast, which is about the sort of roles the defenders play. So Schindler is there to play the ball over distance, to be a bit better on the ball, to pass it out, to be a bit of more of a link between defence and attack. And Tommy Elphick is there to head balls away, mm. to put tackles in, to put it into row Z, to be honest. And you need that balance. The thing about that mistake against Blackburn is it's one of those mistakes that I personally think the manager will look at and go, we're asking them to play out from the back. Mm. We're asking them to do different jobs. We're asking them to consistently stay in a certain pattern. And what he was doing there was trying to do what his managers told him to do. He didn't. He picked the wrong pass. You know, yeah. he completely picked the wrong pass. Against Middlesbrough, it's slightly different because he was going forward. He wasn't trying to keep the ball. But it's one of those mistakes that it's going to happen. But I, you know, I know I'm fighting a lost cause. I know, as far <laughs> as many town fans are concerned, Tommy Elphick is a busted flush. 
But you, it, it, to, to look at those two mistakes is to then ignore everything else he does in the game. Yeah. And he was, apart from those two moments, he was consistently really good. And it's no, it, it's no coincidence that suddenly Schindler looks like the Christopher Schindler that got town promoted into the Premier League. Mm. And that's because he's playing with somebody and there's a level of trust there and they understand their responsibilities. So we may have a couple more Elphick moments going forward, but I don't think it necessarily means that we can just blanketly say, well, he's playing badly, because yeah. I, I don't think he is. But Danny Cowley was really quick to sort of ignore the mistake and point to the reaction, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and how much better Town did defensively. I suspect that behind closed doors, he's probably having a word with, with Elphick and saying, look, you've done it twice in two games now. Mm. Because he did say after Blackburn, as long as you're not making the same mistake twice. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's something that we observed uh, the West Brom game. I think it was three of the four West Brom goals, if not all of them, came because Town had lost the ball in their own yeah. third and then completely panicked and fallen apart yeah. and lost their shape. And that's what they did with the first Blackburn goal. And yeah. Cowley pointed that out. And he said, with the, he said the difference with the Borough mistake is that they didn't, panic they sort of held yeah. their nerve and Chinley got back across and and cut it out and mm. it was gone it was a nothing moment really if it hadn't been Elphick I think there's absolutely no way we're talking about that moment if it no. been, I mean it's it, it's it's a difficult one it's because if Schindler or Simpson had done that then you'd be saying no one yeah. would be talking about it no I know that that's slightly disingenuous to say because mm. it's the third time this season that yeah. Elphick has done it. But I mean, if you look at the stats, we, we've just praised Jaden Brown. He gave the ball away a few times. Yeah. But I know, and again, I know it's different because he's a fullback. He's going to be playing more risky balls. But he did give the ball away more often than Elphick when you look yeah. at the stats. I don't know. I think it's. I think the problem is as well is that it was such a dull game against yes. Borough, and yeah. there was there was nothing else to talk about no so of course you're going to talk about this what turned out to be an innocuous error 10 minutes from time because yeah what else can you really say and that's that's the only word for it I think there were mitigating reasons but it was a dull game yeah it really was it was the the first half you know had moments but the second half I mean on sort of 70 minutes there were a lot of town players just had nothing left to give the the last couple of minutes there was that moment where Town were pushing forward, Middlesbrough break, Lewis O'Brien runs 40 yards, yeah. puts that tackle in, Town on the front foot again, Middlesbrough clear and suddenly Middlesbrough are on the counter, Town get back into shape, Jonathan Hogg of all people wins it, sprinting towards the halfway line, looks left and right and just everybody in the town team is just <laughs> behind him just going no, I just can't, I haven't got it in my legs. Yeah. And I, I think that probably summed up that game. I think it was a game that, like on reflection, I think Danny Cowley would would be pleased to have just got out of the way to come out of it with a point. Yeah. Fine, absolutely fine. I think if you'd have you'd have offered him that in the circumstances pre kick off, he'd have snapped your hand off. So, but it, it does put a bit of added pressure on that Barnsley game because they need to win that game, Steve. Yeah, they do. I mean, I think. In, again, it's frustrating because of the nature of the way that they that they dropped the points through a mistake mm. when they were sort of looking good. They hadn't given Blackburn anything before no. before that uh, error, and then they took the confidence from that and, and went away with it. But um, any point, ultimately, any point away from home in the championship is a good point. 
Yeah. Um, and I think I worked out it is the average for sort of the top top half. Champ- I did it before the start of the season for a top half championship team away from home. One point is the average, and that's yeah. for the big teams. So, um, but yeah, they they need to beat Barnsley now. We said that this run of seven games, we've now played five. They needed nine or ten to be in with a fighting chance of just being. Still in a relegation battle. Yeah. Not not to go up the table, but just to not yeah. basically be relegated already. Mm. <laughs> they've now got nine points, um, so they're, they're about at that par, and they've still got another two to play. But Barnsley at home, bottom of the table, bottom of the form yeah. table, managerless. If they don't win that game, you feel like the confidence is going to go. The, the, yeah. The, they're going to lose the fans a little bit again. The the high of those back to back victories mm. will have gone whereas if they get a win three wins three draws like that's par for yeah if that was you were doing that from the start of the season yeah you're in the playoffs you'd be in the playoffs yeah the thing is i think the barnsley came it doesn't really call for faint hearts i think you may as well go for it in truth um barnsley have suddenly become quite difficult to beat and quite difficult to play against and Murray has got them playing in a way that suits their personnel a bit better. But you have to go for it. They've not got much of an attacking threat. Mm. So the way Town's defensive unit is playing, you've got to trust them to deal with it. Mm. And it's all about what you do going forward. And and I would like to see Town from kickoff really go for this game. Mm. If they get caught on the counter once or twice, so be it. But the, the point of this game is win. It's, yeah. it's not let's see what we can do, let's see what we can take. Like you say, this has to be three points. If you're serious about going the right way in that table and getting up, Town's problems are still creativity. Yeah, this that, was going to come on to. This has been their problem. This was their problem in the season they got promoted. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind in yeah. the Premier League. So this is a long-term issue. And we know the Cowboys are desperate for Pritchard to be fit absolutely desperate. oh yeah he came out after the after the glory game and said that game was absolutely crying out for him mm. what they want to play is that 4-2-3-1 of, of theirs for 90 minutes yeah, sitting at home yeah. yeah so that they can spend a week in training or two weeks in training just drilling people in that one system instead of having to do the 4-3-3 that can slip into a 4-2-3-1 or even sometimes they just leave one midfielder back and it's, I can understand they're getting a bit frustrated, but this game, I like I say, I think a Grant Campbell, dear Carby front three, yeah. I think really try and push on, trust that back four and, and hog and mm. get your other two midfielders right up with the front three. Yeah. You know, right, you, you want to see a progressive town, mm. not a passive or not a counter-attack town. This needs to be, no, this is our ground. Yeah. This is our backyard we're coming for you like but it's 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 just whether town half an hour in are still struggling to create those opportunities they're still going sideways in the final third when they should be trying to find those little balls in between we'll see we'll see but you know an early goal would go a long way in that game Cowley has talked about the he says the, the the big thing against Middlesbrough and the thing that meant that they offered so little threat. I mean, they didn't have a shot on target in the second half, yeah. which at home is poor. Um, the only ch- shot they had that you thought had any chance of going in was Diakabi's free mm. kick. Um, 
he's saying they were too slow in the build-up, which is an issue that we've seen, as you say, yeah. for a long, long time. Uh, and, you know, games against... Like, you think about that Reading game, where they were so good on the ball, yeah. they couldn't do anything with it in the yep. final third. The problem, that, as you said, this is why they missed Pritchard, because Hogg, O'Brien, Chalabar all work really hard, all good defensively, mm. but they don't offer enough going forward. I think Chalabar particularly... He's playing in an unfamiliar role where he's doing the, the box-to-box yeah. thing. But he does look lost when he enters the final third. There's reasons for that. I mean, you have to remember, um, despite the size of the lad and the fact that he's come from Chelsea and you know the, uh, the fact that he started the season actually pretty well, he still is only 20. Yeah. He's actually younger than Lewis O'Brien. Yeah. He, he's, uh, and he's used to playing centre-half, as Cowley's pointed out. Mm. He was brought in to play that number six role where he was basically to do that Chabi Alonso thing, basically, yeah. or Didi Haman, sit at the base of the, of the quarterback. midfield. Yeah, quarterback it around, play balls out from the back. Cowley's obviously looked at that and thought, well, he's better at, as a number eight than, than yeah. Jonathan Hogg. Yeah. So Hogg's staying there. You can't take Hogg out because he's got a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old yeah. on either side of him. Yeah. Bakuna, or as brilliant as he's been, we've, we've not really talked about him but he obviously against Blackburn he got a third goal mm. in a row off the bench wasn't able to do but it against Borough. he came on against Borough and he came on earlier in the game and noticeably at the end he was tired Yeah, and he's come on as sub so I would suggest all the town fans are sort of desperate for him to start even if he starts you're probably only going to get an hour out of him he doesn't look fit enough quite yet to me the the other thing with Bakuna is that I think he's still too erratic in his first in, in, yeah, in the first I, two thirds of the field. He, he can't came, play in ninety minutes, even if he was fit and able to do it. I can understand why if they're if they're prioritising, let's just not mm. lose. You would not start Bakuna because he's even when he's playing well. He I mean he yeah. did it against Blackburn, gave it away in his. But own he, third. he came on against Middlesbrough, and I thought what was noticeable is he came on to sort of rapturous applause, best reception he's ever had down there. And the first two things he did was try and hit basically booming 40-yard balls yeah. that went nowhere near their intended target. And that's where you go back to the Cowleys who've been trying to drill it into him that, you know, simplicity is genius. And yeah, the just first two-thirds are their third and yes. he can do what he wants in yeah. the final third. Yeah. And that's where you realise, yeah, there's a young man with a lot, an immense amount of talent, but he really needs to start harnessing that to, to other things. But... I think with Bakuna that it's quite clear that there are messages that are getting through. Mm, yes. He's he's going the right way. O'Brien, I think, is is just a little gem. Yeah, you know, he's absolutely sensational. Talked him up before pre season. He's he's you know he was the best player at Bradford last season by a mile in a really bad side. He was the best player in pre season in the friendlies as well. From yeah. the first game, they played against Greuther Fert. Uh, they played twice in one one day. And they started O'Brien with the rest of the first team in yeah. the first half against Greuther. And in 45 minutes, or 60 minutes, I think it was, he played, he created three goal-scoring opportunities by doing what we've seen him do this mm. season, which is winning the ball and immediately yeah. straight towards goal, playing yeah, it in behind. It, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I, I did write um, when Cowley came in, I think Lewis O'Brien is going to be one of their favourite players. Yeah. And... I think he's already their favourite player. Every press conference he talks yeah. about. Every press conference talks about he's local a, lad. He's desperate said, to play. He's, he said if... Uh, he's actually from Rochdale, just to point that out. But um, yeah. <laughs> Wrong side at Pennines. But no, he's come through the academy, two-time academy player of the year. Uh, Cowley said after the game, 
uh, to Mel Booth when he asked him. Uh, he just said, you know, Lewis O'Brien, he's, he's quite a player, isn't he? Yeah. And Cowley was just like, oh, you could hear, I wasn't there for the interview, but you could hear on the audio. Yeah. He's, in fact, I'll play it here. His face, you could see his face lighting up just listening to it. And yeah. Uh, I'll just, in fact, I'll drop that audio in here so you can hear it yourself. Brilliant energy, um, unbelievable determination, desire and will. If I could bottle it, I'd be, I'd be super, super rich. Um, in fact, if I could bottle it, I, 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 would, I wouldn't sell it. I'd drink it myself. Um, so, so no, he's, um, yeah, he's an incredible kid, and he's one of them. He makes the ears on the back of your neck stand up. Watch, you know, you feel so proud of him, don't you? And he's. Um, He's fighting hard. He knows what he requires. This is not going to be easy. This is not, you know, anybody who thought it was is, is living in dream world. This is going to be a fight. And I think it's going to probably be a fight all the way through to May. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be bumpy. And we've got to, we've got to make sure that we, we get our head down. And if we can get them all fighting like Lewis, then, then, then maybe we can get our work done by April. <laughs> I mean, he is his terrific player, but I think... Hogg has started playing a little bit better, but the problem with Hogg is he can't do that quarterbacking role. Mm. His, his passing over anything more than sort of 20 yards is so wayward, yeah. it's untrue. And I think that's one of the reasons that they've looked at Schindler as actually playing that yeah. out diagonal, because yeah. he's, he, to be frank, he's just better at it. So I think Hogg is still not quite where he needs to be but he's playing an awful lot better than he was at the start of the season mm. um, it was quite interesting to see him have a go twice at Premier League winner Danny Simpson <laughs> in the Borough game yeah there was one where he, he took a throw in yeah Simpson and, took a throw in it went to Hogg Hogg put it about five yards over his yeah. head and then Hogg started shouting at Simpson why didn't you get up and nod it back to the defenders probably because he's not Inspector Gadget Jonathan but um, but he's playing a lot better, you know, a lot, lot better. And there are, there are still loads of positives to come out of two points at home in the week. But I, I, as I said, I, you know, not to go over old ground, but that, that Barnsley game is not sort of massively important or a turning point in the season, but they really do need to win again just to keep the, the good feeling going. Mm. I think Pritchard is going to help creativity-wise, but... I think there's just more of a that midfield balance still isn't quite right. No, it's not quite. It's, it's not. not providing that platform yet for everyone else. No. Um, but I think it's solvable with the personnel they've got. But I, I, I'm not quite sure how. I think the four-two-three-one will make a big difference. And I think if they feel like they can't play four-two-three-one, if Pitchard is still unavailable, then I th- again I think that's another reason why you have to play Campbell. Yeah. Because he was when he particularly against West Brom, but in other games as well, he was playing that role where that as as Cali described it, the Firmino role, yeah. where he was dropping deep and playing in Dear Carby and Grant. Yeah, behind the him. unselfish thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that the closest thing Town can get to replacing Alex Pritchard at the moment is having Campbell playing that role. Yeah. Though saying that, I think against Barnsley, the way I would play against the back three is I'd actually push up right against them. You know, as I said, because what you want to do is try and shuffle them left and right, try and get you know get close to them and get them moving rather than sort of giving them any sort of space or having Campbell drop back, giving them an easy you know five yards in front of them mm. to do what they want when the ball comes down. But 
We'll, we'll see, really. We'll see. It's, it's As I said, I don't want to build it up to be a massive game or anything, but I think morale-wise, Danny Cowley is a very sort of intense, upbeat mm. individual, as we've discussed before, and he will feel it as well. He will know that they need, they need to win. They need to win. But I think it's probably worth a mention for just Carlin Grant again, who is, I think the last couple of games has not been at his sharpish because he's one who has had this yeah. bug and been affected by this bug. But I think since the Cowleys have come in, he's changed his game in a very short space of time. Yeah, And he's suddenly, from the player that we criticised under Jan, who couldn't do anything outside of the box, he suddenly proved completely wrong. You know, he's proved to be a very effective player. It's about the spaces he gets into and where he's got opportunities to sort of play people in. Yeah. I I was talking to somebody yesterday. Do you think he's town's most important player now, Carlin Grant? Not just for the goals, but just in terms of, you know, we know we're struggling with creativity yeah. and he's one who can find a little pocket of yeah. space now. I think then. so. I think if if you were to say if there was some breaking news this afternoon and it said X town player is injured, he's going to be out for the next three months. Yeah. The one that you'd most dread is Carlin Grant. So in that respect, I think the answer is is probably yes. Yeah. So I think I think they just need to keep doing what they're doing with him, you know. Yeah. And if use him through the centre when they need to, use him out wide when they need to. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. I'm quite interested to see what the team is tomorrow. See if there is a couple of changes, particularly after two games, you know, in the week previous. Mm. I don't know. Something we were, probably won't spend a lot of time on this, but something we were talking about before we started recording was um, how much town must regret letting Jack Payne oh, go on a free yeah. transfer. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw, I did a lot of Bradford last year and him and O'Brien were two very good players in a very bad side. Mm. And you'd think he would have played, he would have played six or seven games this season with the way circumstances have gone. When he went to Lincoln under the Cowleys, they were delighted to get him. Yeah. Said he was a championship player that they picked up on a free. And yeah, you, you really he really would have fitted in quite naturally mm. to this side. Particularly with that partnership with O'Brien already. Yeah, he existing. would be an important player in this side. And I don't know, I, it's just pure speculation. There's, there's absolutely no prior knowledge behind this. But you do wonder if Town might look and see if they could go back for him at some point. Because... Mm. He knows the city, knows the squad, knows the managers. Yeah, he may well, if he was available in any way, shape, or form in January, it may well be worth picking him up. But yeah, you, you know, you can't can't carry There's regrets in life, Steve. <laughs> but I do, I do think. I do think if the Cowleys had been in pre-season, there's no way Jack Payne would have been leaving that yeah. football club. I think, the t as, as we said, I think the timing just didn't work out for him because yeah. they signed him thinking they were going to be in the Championship for a good couple of years and he'd get his chance there and then immediately got promoted. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, he wasn't going to play Premier League at that stage of his development. No. But, yeah, I mean, anyway. Um, another reason that that Barnsley game is so important is because the, the run of fixtures they've got after that... Brentford away, Brentford have been very hit and miss. They've yeah. not been the team that people thought they were going to be this season. Um, but again, it's an away game, always difficult. But then it's a run of games. I think it's, is it nine games, something like that, against teams that are all in the top half of the table yeah. at the moment. It's Preston away, 
That's a really difficult game. Yep. Home to Birmingham, home to Swansea, uh, away to Bristol City. Uh, there's a home game against some Leeds United, I think it's pronounced. Um, I thought it was Leeds. Leeds, oh, okay. Liege. Um, away to Charlton. And then you're into the, and then after that, you're pretty much into the, the Christmas fixtures then. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a very, very tricky it's run. A, it's a tough run, but here's the, here's the thing. Here's a theory that might blow up completely in my face. I do wonder if Town, the way they're playing and the way the Cowleys are sort of having to set them up, I do slightly wonder if they might actually be slightly better place to play against better opposition mm. who are prepared to take a few more risks and leave a few more spaces because at the moment town struggle against opposition that just don't want to do anything yeah. against them so like you know Middlesbrough came for a point they got a point they came close to all three but their basic stance was we're just going to control the final third yeah um, and then try and win the midfield battle and we'll see what happens from there and I do slightly wonder if it may... You, you look at that 60 minutes, uh, 50 minutes against West Brom. I was going to say, West where, Brom. Where Town were really good, yeah. um, playing the very similar way. And you do look at one or two of them fixtures and you think, yeah, it may actually serve Town a bit better to be starved of the ball a little bit as well, not have the yeah. pressure of you know, having 57, 60% possession in a game and trying to find the, the cracks in the holes. It may actually suit them better to think, right, we're not going to have the ball for decent spells in this game. So when we've got the ball, we've got to be direct, we've got to be incisive, we've got to go for it. So I'm fearful looking at that run. I don't think there's going to be loads of points, but you do wonder if there might be one or two performances in there. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the points will follow. And we, I mean, I think the the whole game kind of throws off the scent a little bit, but or rather the whole result probably threw us off this scent a little bit. But I go back to what we said a few weeks ago, which is I think Town actually, for exactly those reasons, are probably a better prospect away from home than at home at the moment. Yeah. I, think, I think they are, as you say, struggling to, to be the team that's in control. Mm. And that that's that's why he didn't bring Pritchard on against Blackburn, yeah. was because they were they were not the team that were in control. And they thought, well, mm. if, if we'd been... I suspect that if they'd been winning going into the last 30 minutes against Blackburn, they would have brought on Pritchard instead of Bakuna. Yeah. And but I think at, at home, particularly without Pritchard there, they are struggling to to they've got the possession, but mm. they've not got control of the way that the game yeah. is going. I mean you you particularly look at like playing against Lieds. Lieds you, you I can't remember how you yeah. pronounced it. But having watched them a couple of times this season, they are a, a team again who they want to sort of cut and thrust and attack counter and what have you. So it may actually serve Town quite well just to say, well, here's the ball. Yeah. You have the ball and you pass it left and right instead of us for a change and then we'll see what happens. But who knows? Yeah. Oh, another thing I want to mention since we've been praising Lewis O'Brien, can, can other people other than me start calling in the Chief just so that I feel better about myself and less, less that... like a pathetic, pathetic journalist who's trying to make fetch happen? The, pro- the problem is, for Huddersfield Town fans, there's only one chief, and that's Wayne Allison. So you may struggle there. Ah, well, never mind. I think we've talked about it pretty thoroughly there, haven't we? Yes, and I need a wee. <laughs> well, there we go. So I think we'll finish on that, that beautiful note. Uh, short and sweet this week, but we'll be back with you next week. don't know if we'll do it before or after the Brentford game. I think it probably depends how that Barnsley game goes. Mm. If it's another nil-nil. 
don't be surprised if we wait until after Brentford and yeah. uh, before we, we next record. Uh, you can follow David Hartrick on Twitter. At David Hartrick. Wow. And you can follow Stephen Chicken on Twitter. At Stephen Chicken. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's very easy. Tell a friend, uh, like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>